Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Earlier today, the word occupy just kept rolling around in my head. Uh, so much so that I stopped finally and just started thinking about it. I know Neville always talks about occupying the state of your wish fulfilled, occupying it. And as I was thinking about that, it led to an old, uh, I think it was Petra. If you never listened to Petra and you're like old 70s rock, they're pretty cool. They were a Christian group. They still played really well. And so that was, and Petra was a Christian rock group that I grew up listening to. And it reminded me of a song of theirs called Occupy. Anyway, which led me to uh, some scriptures in the Old Testament about the word, using the word occupy. And uh, so that's where I'm going today. I'm going to start with a quote of Neville's from his 1967 lecture, A Movement Within God. Every conceivable situation that you could ever think of exists now as a fact in God, but cannot be made visible to you until you occupy it. For you are God's operant power. And if you've studied Neville or commune with your own awareness, your own I amness, the God in you, you know that when Neville talks about God, he's using the name used in the Bible to reference the I am, the self existent one. And that I am is within us, it is all of us. And God, uh, Neville, Neville, uh, refers to imagination. He says, God, I am, is imagination. And imagination in action, or God imagining, is is imagining. God in action is imagining. It is Jesus Christ, the power and wisdom of God. So there's, uh, that's what he's talking about. God's operant power our consciousness of being is the operant power, who we are, our identity, our concept of self, our imagination is the operant power. So anyway, let me get on with the the scriptures. I always feel like a preacher, like I'm back in church and I'm at the pulpit. (laughs) Turn in your Bibles to Numbers 1330. And before I read the verse, you might be familiar with the story of the Hebrews, how Moses, you know, they escaped Egypt, you know, the whole with the the plagues and Moses sing, you know, the whole let my people go thing. Uh, and he let them out heading to the promised land, which is now if you're looking at it as a physical history, Egypt, and then they let they wandered for 40 years, even though it was right there. They could. <laughs> I never understood why they wandered there, if it all happened, actually, if it was a physical, true history of man. But anyway, in the Bible, it says that it was their lack of faith why they had to wander for 40 years. But I don't believe, uh, well, I believe that there's more to the Bible than what appears to just be a history of mankind or a history of those people, but a psychological, spiritual uh, drama that's playing out in all of us. I see it like Neville teaches that all these characters in the Bible are us, different states of consciousness. And if you really, if you haven't, if, haven't, uh, if you want to dive into it, I mean, I would go back and read Neville's core lectures 
it's in, if you want it in book form, it's called, the name of the book is Five Lessons, but I would just search for Neville Goddard core lectures and there's five of them. And they were from back in a, a week long, a week of lectures back in 1948, but it's the, one of the easiest ways to understand what he's talking about when we talk about the law, the law of assumption imagining creates reality all of the stuff that neville teaches check out the core lectures and the question and answer sections after each lecture so anyway back to the bible <laughs> so the the moses and the he, he leads the hebrew people to near the promised land to near canaan and he sends spies over to check it out now the two spies joshua and caleb go and come back, and I think actually there were more spies, I believe, but these two spies come, came back and they're noted in the Bible for their faithfulness. So uh, they go back, go look at Canaan, the promised land, and they come back and report how it's, it's a beautiful land full of milk, flowing with milk and honey. And it's, it is perfect for us. It is truly the promised land. And uh, Caleb, tells, quiets the people of uh, Israel and tells them, and I'm going to read the quote, Caleb silenced the people before Moses saying, let us go up and occupy it for we are well able to conquer it. And if you're looking at this like I do, that it's, this is all an internal drama playing out in all of us. Caleb is saying, go within, go up. Let us go in within, into the silence and occupy the promised land. Now, Caleb, uh, literally in Hebrew, it means dog. And there are different points in the Old Testament where they use that word dog and dogs as male pro a term for male prostitutes. But Caleb right here is noted for his faithfulness, for having faith. So Caleb uh, is also equated with faith, uh, which, by the way, is why I named my son Caleb. I've talked about him a number of times. Uh, did had no idea that it was also a euphemism for a male prostitute. <laughs> oh well. Uh, funny note, totally off the subject. My other one of my other sons' name is Caius, and it means rejoice. But it's also the one of the names of a Roman emperor, Caligula, Caius Caligula. So anyway, I didn't know that either when I named them. But what's in a name, right? So back to the Bible, back to the story. So Caleb uh, is saying, let's take this. We can do this. And the people of Israel that, that are following them said, no, it's, it's full of giants. It's impossible. They'll destroy us. We're like grasshoppers to them. We're nothing to them. There's no way we can take the promised land. And I mentioned Joshua was with Caleb. Joshua, that name means Jehovah saved or yod heh vav -He, or I am saved, the self-existent one saved, the same God that Neville refers to, the same one that's mentioned in the Bible over and over, the Father, the I am saved. So these two characters are the ones that were saying, let's take the land, we can take it. Caleb represents faith in Joshua, in I am. So Josh, Caleb was saying in more usable language now, Caleb uh, is faith in the I am, faith in imagination. F Caleb 
as a state of consciousness. Again, this is within us. When we have the faith in our awareness of being, when we have faith with our in our imagination, knowing that if we enter it in our imagination, whatever the promised land is, and occupy it, we can conquer it. We can take it. It's ours. So that's what they're saying there. And that's why those two names are used there. Jehovah saved or I am saved or the I am saved and faith. So it's the faith in your own awareness of being. Trusting yourself. Going within. Occupying the state of your wish fulfilled. And your promised land could be anything relationships, finances. As I'm talking about your desires, you're probably thinking of some right now. Some are popping up in your mind. Uh, Well, take this moment right now. If you have a desire that just popped up or that's been nagging at you, kind of you're feeling the nudge, something you want, take this moment right now to move into the state of that wish fulfilled. Ask yourself, don't wait till this is over. Ask yourself, how would I feel if I had that already? If I was already that? How would I feel if I were healed and I've been healed and I've been healthy for months? Or how would I feel if at this moment I'm remembering the celebration with my family a few months ago when I stood up out of the wheelchair? Put the, put the win, this, the actual moment of your wish fulfilled as a memory. Put it in the back. Recall it as a memory. Now you're months later living a life full of fun, whatever it is that you're wanting. And accept that desire is fulfilled right now. Also in the Bible, I just want to read a few other verses that I found talking about the promised land and occupying it. In Deuteronomy, uh, these next two verses are from that. It says, I have given the land to you. Now, the I talking is your I am. It's God. My I am has given me the land. And I'm paraphrasing. I need to go, all I need to do is occupy the territory that my I am promised to give me In another verse, the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy is one of of hills and valleys, a land that drinks in water from the rains. Your salvation. Whatever it is your desire is, its fulfillment is that promised land that's full of beautiful hills and valleys and drinks in the waters from the rains. Hmm. So how do you occupy it? Well, we go within. And when Neville teaches all of these different techniques and other teachers, 2020 has a lot of great tools to use and he explains it so well and so easily. And Jennifer over at the I, uh, the I am love, uh, I think it's I am hyphen love.co website. Uh, they have a lot of good explanation, uh, good ways to describe it. 
and the groups I'm in on Facebook are fantastic. With There's a few on there that just really explain it so well. But all of these different techniques are just ways to get us f- used to, get us familiar with our own selves, our true self. We practice the techniques and the tools, and there's no power in any of the techniques or tools because we are the operant power. The things that Neville teaches to create a scene implying my wish is fulfilled or falling asleep just saying thank you or isn't it wonderful. These different ways to uh, enter imagination and uh, using our imagination to enter the state of the wish fulfilled, they're just ways to get us familiar with ourselves so we see we finally see for the first time in our lives that it really is up to us. And practicing moving in imagination, using the tools that Neville teaches, gets us to that point. And it may be very quickly for you. It may take longer, but what's the, what is time when you're an eternal being? When the being within you is greater than any being in the world? When you get who you really are, how long something seems to take does not matter because you're only in the present moment, the now. Whatever you think is your past, it's just a memory. And whatever you think might be your future is just shit. It's the stuff you're worried about. I didn't mean to curse. I try not to curse on here. (laughs) It's just stuff you're worrying about. Needlessly, this moment right now, that's what it always is, is right now. And these tools that we use and the techniques, they're ways to get us to that point of understanding that the desires of our hearts are given to us by the Father. And it's the Father's good pleasure to fulfill those desires. And the Father is not some you know, being in the sky, looking down at us, being in the, the, uh, the Father is my I am, your I am. It's the same I am. It's the same awareness that's in all of us. You'd simply imagine a scene that implies your wish fulfilled. A handshake, someone congratulating you. A hug from a parent or a loved one, embracing you, feeling the touch of their cheek against your cheek and their arms around you and yours around theirs. And just that moment, that just that squeeze, just that one second maybe, just a squeeze, feeling it, the, the excitement and the thrill and seeing the thrill on their face, happy for you. That's, an, that's one way. Uh, I mean, I have certain things when I use, do an imaginal scene, certain things I do all the time that in that moment imply my wish is fulfilled because the scene is not, the, not where the power is. It's in its implication. It's what you say that scene means and your belief in your imagination, your trust in yourself that it's done. 
what I do, and I've talked about it often, most, most times when I have a desire come up, I immediately just accept that it's mine. And to, to break down the process, I'm asking myself, but it's instant. It's an instantaneous question. How would I feel if I had that already, if I were that already? And so the reply comes up instantly before I even ask the question. I don't have to ask the question anymore. I have a desire, and when I recognize it as a desire, most times, other times, I'll knock it around for a while, then I'll realize, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> what am I waiting for? But most times, as soon as it comes up, like, oh yeah. And it's instant, the feeling of that wish fulfilled. That is me moving into that state. That is me occupying my promised land. And at the same time, a scene, just a quick scene will come up because we're all imagination. If I think of some big, wonderful thing happening to me and my family, you know, automatically a, a, an image of Kim shows up, her smiling face, or hearing my son, one of them, you know, an exclamation from one of them. I promise not to curse again on this one, right? So I'm not going to say what he would say, but certain images and sounds come up immediately. When I think of my wish fulfilled, I think of who's going to celebrate with me? Who's going to say what? How, what would I say? You see, all of these things come up so quickly. So you don't have to work hard at finding a scene to imagine. The scene is just used to bring up the reality of it, to feel it to be real right now. And sound is one I go to often. That I, I is probably the one I go to most often. If I'm not just accepting the feeling, pulling up the feeling of my wish fulfilled and being that right that moment, I may hear someone's voice, hear Kim's voice or my father's voice or my son or anybody. Because again, it's not what even the words they're saying. These are just things to imply my wish is fulfilled. And you do this and you practice this. You practice occupying your promised land, moving in imagination, entering the state of the wish fulfilled. And you're a, a different, moving from one state to another, it's just you're changing the way you see the world. So when you have a desire, you're in the state of mind where that desire is unfulfilled. And then this new state of its fulfillment, you're just seeing the world differently. You're seeing the world from its fulfillment. So your attitude changes, your responses to people, your reactions to people. Everything changes because you've changed the way you see the world and the way you see yourself and thus the world. So it's not a hard thing to do. You shift states of consciousness throughout the day. You're occupying states all the time. You listening to this podcast came about from you occupying a certain state. Isn't that cool to start to notice that? When you realize that everything you experience comes from your state of consciousness. It does put a, you know, I've said this often, when I first got that, I mean, really got it. It was the best of the times and the worst of times in that moment. It was profoundly disturbing 
and beautifully redemptive. It was just, it was like, what? It's always been me. And then at the, the flip of the coin in that same few moments, it was, oh, it's always been me. So you move in imagination. You're always doing this, always moving into states of consciousness. But to do it intentionally, practice the tools, do what Neville says. And it keeps gets easier and easier to where you're not just stopping for twice a day or whatever and, in, and you know intentionally manifesting a certain thing. This is not even a way of life. It is your realization that it is you. It is you. And so you're no longer thinking of tools and techniques. It's all just you. Everything comes together. And the awkwardness you might feel at the beginning and the questions and the uncertainties, am I doing this right? Is this the right technique? My answer to you is what worked for you so far? What worked easily for you? Look back. I would say it's the times that you moved easily and smoothly into the state without obsessing over it or watching for signs. You don't have to do affirmations. You're not, for me, that years ago when I studied Joseph Murphy, I wrote, I had affirmations added on a post-it, uh, no, not post-it notes, uh, index cards all over my house. Had them taped to the mirror in the bathroom, in my car, everywhere. All these quotes of Neville, uh, not Neville, Joseph Murphy, all these things. But for me, an affirmation, me having to read affirmations throughout the day and have to be reminded of it, not for, maybe not for you, but for me, all I was doing was trying to convince myself. And if I'm trying to convince myself, I see now, then I'm not dwelling in the state of my wish fulfilled. Because how, why would I be convincing myself that I had what I wanted if I'm already seeing the world living from that wish fulfilled? You see what I mean? And yeah, there's a, there seems to be, when you first move, I know that feeling of movement into the state of the wish fulfilled, but then like Neville says, you lop that, you're decapitating the old state, like you could chop the head off a snake, but the body still flops around for a little bit. And there seems to be that moment sometimes, not always, not always for me, but uh, sometimes, yeah, there's, I move into the state of my wish fulfilled. But that decapitated state is still flopping around right there. I'm still seeing a little bit of an echo from that old state. And the key for me is to not go back to that. Don't stare at it. And I've done it so often. I've become an expert at dropping out of the preferred state and going and re-inhabiting the crappy state. I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> The remnants of the old state, the, the like the body of the snake flopping around. And what do I do? I turn my head away from my wish fulfilled and I stare at that snake flopping around, the state, the old state. And I look at all the echoes of it, the circumstances that came out of that old state. 
and they're still so fresh to me, I'm still reacting to them. And then I'm staring at them and staring at them. And wouldn't you know it, I got right back into that state. I reanimated that state. I gave it life again. Because I obsessed over the circumstances. I stared at it. And I did the same thing with time. I stared at time. I was looking at time. It's not here yet, tick tock. It's not here yet, tick tock. You know what I mean? I know you know what I mean. Looking at the clock, avoiding the calendar, avoiding the phone, if it's a creditor. <laughs> Maybe you don't know that feeling, but you might have a feeling where you've moved into a healthy state, but then you still have a pain or there's the latest doctor's report. The tests show the white blood cell count is the wrong, going the wrong direction. Don't stare at the circumstances. Don't give life to the old state again. The people of uh, the, the Hebrews in the story in the Old Testament, when uh, Joshua and Caleb were saying, let's do it. We've got this. We know what to do to occupy the land. The people were saying, no, it's too hard. They're giants. We're just grasshoppers. We can't do it. And so often, I did that. I stared at the giants. That's what these guys were doing, the Hebrews. They saw the giants, and they were fearful, thought it was impossible. And I've done that, stared at my bank account, looked at circumstances and relationships and my body, looking at the remnants of the old state, instead of looking at my world from the state of the wish fulfilled. And wherever you're staring is what you're going to give life to. That's what you're inhabiting. So occupy your promised land, whatever it is. Ask yourself right now, how would I feel if I were already that? Yeah, you got this. I love you guys. This is feeling twisty.